Is that the new mic that you got, Tasha? Yeah. How is it? Oh. I can fi- I can touch everything to mute it, like the mute works. Do you have to slide? The... Do you have to slide your finger over the lights, maybe? Oh, like maybe uh... a good idea. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. That's fine. I should have had it figured out. Oh yeah, is that better? <gasps> yeah, it worked. Better. See. It like was only four lights. Was oh, it a finger nice. slidey thing? It was a finger slidey thing. Oh. Gabe. I have no idea how I knew that. This I have a recording engineering degree. Like, <laughs> hello, I should have been able to figure that out. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. My kids were so loud I had to come and hide in my bedroom. So No, it's fine. I'm in a storage closet in my basement. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'm just in my apartment because I don't have kids. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. Good for you. (laughs) Holy shit, these are real life SVU episodes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And don't listen if you don't want you fucking prick. Jeez. (laughs) Welcome to SVU Pod Especially Heinous. I'm Tasha. I'm Gabe. We have an intermish, fucked up story, or two or three. I don't know. Kimbra told me that she has multiple fucked up stories. Yeah. So, hi, Kimbra. Hi. You can start wherever you want. Okay. I'm excited to tell you. I um I decided that I was going to maybe turn it into a short story since it's something that really happened to me. So, I'd reached out to the people that it happened to along with me, and they were all okay with me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, please. It's just one of those things that you've heard about. Like, it's in movies, and it doesn't even seem or sound real but so I'll tell you all about it um oh my God, I, can't I was wait. about I 12 years old uh maybe 13 I want to say it was around 1994 in Baraboo Wisconsin I had a new friend in middle school who I discovered lived like a few blocks away from me so we started hanging out I liked her a lot because she kind of let me be a nerd and mm-hmm. I just felt great with her her name is Stephanie I liked her parents like I spent a lot of time over there so you know one time we got offered hey we want to go out the parents wanted to go out and the two you know middle school girls could stay and babysit all the younger kids and now all the younger kids meant like probably four or five kids that were about four or five years old so I'm not exactly sure if it was like all the kids in the family lived there or if it was cousins or exactly what but it was a lot of kids to take care of so two babysitters was appropriate. I feel like I feel like the 90s the early 90s and 80s everything before like 2010 was like wild because now I can't I can't see parents like allowing a 13 12 and 13 year old to watch their children (laughs) at all like i took babysitting classes when i was like that age but like i don't think they would do it now right I would fucking never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started babysitting barely into the double digits and did not know what I was doing. Yeah. Like if something would have happened, I would have been like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Bye, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We were completely unqualified for what happened to us that yeah. night, like completely unqualified. Oh, my God. This is and like this, the and, thing. OK, sorry. Well, and <laughs> to make it worse, you know, I loved scary things at that age. I was just developing my love for scary things. And a very fun thing to do when you're 13 is to, I don't know, scare the shit out of the kids that you're babysitting. So we decided it would be fun to sit around in the living room and tell them scary stories, which really probably not super fun for them, you know, but at the time we didn't really know that that would be super fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was more for, you know, our own entertainment. (laughs) So we're sitting in the living room. This was after a long night of, you know, doing wholesome activities like making Rice Krispie treats. I remember that specifically for some reason. And we're sitting around in the living room. Everybody's kind of in a circle. And as it gets when you're telling scary stories, 
stories, it can get quiet. And everyone was quiet and listening. And all of a sudden, we heard a scratching at the door, a very light scratching. And it was one of those front door situations where it opens right to the outside and then it's right into the living room. So like it was an old house built in like the 60s or something. Mm -hmm. And thinking back, I don't know if the door was locked or not, but the scratching was enough to just make the little chain just rattle (gasps) just a little bit, the chain lock, because it was undone. And I mean, everybody was like, the eyes got wide around the circle. Her and I looked at each other like, what is this? You know, like nobody knows what to do because we're so scared because of the stories already what do we do it wasn't locked the obvious thing is like <gasps> fuck up and lock the door so yeah. who's gonna do that of course me the big tall girl was <laughs> the biggest one there so i remember very distinctly like it was a very very large decision that felt like it took forever but in reality it was probably like two seconds getting up putting the chain in the chain lock and just about then i flipped my back around to the door to face like the circle of kids on the ground And this little boy, I'll never forget, he just lifts up his arm like really slowly with his finger pointed behind us at the other side of the living room. And there was a man, (gasps) a full grown man standing there in clown makeup with an open window, like with a screen. Yeah. (laughs) So scary. Dark curly hair, black and red and white clown makeup, just standing there motionless. And I mean, in the window, in the window, staring in. This was right after the scratching incident. So, of course, like that was the guy that was scratching at the door. And who the fuck is this? And oh, my God. So immediately, I mean, it was like panic ensued. We were like, you know, in the bedrooms, in the bedrooms. That was all we could think to do was like get these little kids, these terrified, I mean, terrified, shrieking little kids into the bedroom. And I remember like shoving small bodies under the bed and like (gasps) putting my hand over their mouth oh my god and so we got them quiet at one point the screaming had quieted down and when it got quiet you could hear he was going around and lightly scratching on all the screens on the outside of the house (gasps) so we're all in one bedroom basically at this point still trying to keep the kids quiet every time he scratches you know the whole five six kids freak out and scream and we're just like we're so scared that because we also have to make these decisions like yeah yeah. They're too young. And this is but like what a- pre-cell phones. You can't call their parents or anything. Pre-cell phones. Yeah. For sure. Like 1992, three, early 90s sometime. This was the kind of situation where if we had to call her parents because they were out on a date, we would have had to call the restaurant mm-hmm. and the restaurant would have mm-hmm. done something like page them or found them. That's what you did then. And so that's mm-hmm. what we did. We didn't think to call the police. That was never like a call 911 type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I remember very distinctly, she ran to get the phone to call the restaurant and the number was there and we called the restaurant, left a message and that was all we could do was just leave a message as we continued to like cower in the bedroom. Well, then the phone rang. (gasps) I remember that feeling like another really big decision, like now the phone's ringing, we've got to get the phone. And it was one of those 80s phones with the really, really super long cord. Mm -hmm. And so we had brought it into the bedroom. It turned out that it was a neighbor who was our age, like three or four houses down. And I remember she was a very popular girl, like somebody who would have never called. So it was like those things when you're kind of an awkward teenager and those popular people reach out to you. So you were just like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, just hanging out. But also like freaking out. But I was like, why is she? 
why is she calling? Why is she calling? She said, oh, I had a friend over and there's a creepy clown guy trying to get in our house. I just called the police and I wanted you guys to know because I knew, you know, you live down the street. And so we were like, okay, okay. Well, nothing had happened for a little bit at this point, you know, other than the phone call, we were freaking out. We didn't know if he was still out there. We didn't know what was going on. So we decided the kids were young. They can't just stay under beds. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't working. We ended up somehow back in the living room, just kind of huddling under blankets. We thought maybe let's turn on something nice on the TV for them. And all of a sudden the scratching starts on the door again. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, you've got to be kidding me. You know, but we've already made phone calls at this point. So we're feeling safe and the doors are locked. And then all of a sudden the door starts to lock and the door starts to unrattle and it opens <gasps> and it's Stephanie's parents. Oh, my my God. They thought we were kidding. (laughs) They thought we were kidding about the scratching and all the message that they had gotten was so jumbled that we forgot to tell them the important part and only told them about the scratching on the door. (laughs) They ended up calling the police. They didn't find the guy right away. But because of the two houses calling the police with the same thing, they knew that it wasn't you know, we didn't ever think like, oh, this could be a prank, like some high school boys like playing a prank on us. You know, that's we weren't the recipient of those kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> but it literally turned out to be somebody that was working for the circus just as a maintenance guy and was oh. living down by the Baraboo River in a van, in a van <gasps> down by the river. It was right around the time that Chris Farley did that whole thing, too. So oh, it was like, shit. Oh, I don't find that funny anymore. Did he get arrested? He did get arrested. And I like I said, I reached out to the Baraboo police department but i haven't heard back plus it's like a really old record Mm -hmm. that probably hasn't been digitized so it would be like if i could get them to let me go through their files but i highly doubt that yeah what we failed to mention was that baraboo is the home of the circus museum yep the ringling brothers barnum and bailey yeah so like everything in baraboo there's there's many ringling homes there's mansions there's there's a ton of stories about baraboo just in general like i think haunted Heartland did mm-hmm. a segment mm-hmm. on Bear, but I'd never heard of a single story on it. I was like, oh, I have 90 other stories about... <laughs> Yeah, it's oh like this baraboo, but like a weird little thing about <laughs> baraboo or just in the Midwest. It's like, oh, yeah, here's this town that's like a circus. That's like pretty much an entire circus. You know, yeah. it's just like weird. <laughs> yeah, with a clown college. Oh, God. <laughs> like a oh. full blown clown college. My first husband, I'll never forget. He went home with me to meet the family. And he's like, no, we're not going to see any clowns around town. And I was like, that's ridiculous. And we saw two fully make up <laughs> clowns driving around <laughs> in a tiny car. <laughs> I was like, no. Then you, then he comes to your parents and and they're like he's not a clown he doesn't belong here you can't see him get out get he's out like, <laughs> he's like i could juggle <laughs> he's up all night like <laughs> oh god wow that's so fucked yeah did that guy end up having like any other kind of record or was he just a complete fucking psycho who liked scaring kids yeah they didn't know because he was part there was a huge immigrant population that was like the whole trapeze organization at the circus Mm. when we were that age was from Mexico and they brought like a ton of family with them Mm. and he was like somebody that was just visiting he wasn't like he wasn't one of their family members or anything but he was there to visit them basically and I only know all this because my friend had a crush on one of the trapeze guys (laughs) (laughs) this being the early 90s you didn't get any therapy or anything right (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) okay we're just cutting in here post recording to throw in a trigger warning um for this next story for the kidnapping and torture of a child yeah so when i was in high school um 
I sat next to a guy who ended up being a murderer, and that was Joe Clark. Okay, let's tell that story. Hold on a second. This is like number two of her fucked up stories. I've never heard of Joe Clark, and I didn't know there was like a John Wayne Gacy type guy in Baraboo. Yeah, and unfortunately, like uh, my sister and I both had sat next to him because of he had failed multiple grades. And in fact, we couldn't figure out how he's three years older than me, and we were in the same grade. So mm. I he might have just there was more failings that we knew about or whatever. And I always felt so bad for him, you know, before I knew he was a murderer. He didn't smell great. He didn't look clean. He didn't look like he had a lot of options for clothing. He wasn't always in school. He would miss chunks of school. I always just felt bad. And he was always mercilessly picked on. He just came from a really rough place. And I don't think his parents ever gave any kind of shits about him. But he was Mm -hmm. like a full on sadist. Like he had weird, weird stuff. The short of it is... um, No, tell the long of it. All right. All right. The story is really bizarre because the story starts in the middle and then it comes back to the beginning. So a young family moved to Baraboo and they moved out into the country. And I think they had like a little trailer or something like that, um, or just like a little house. And when somebody moves to a small town, everybody knows about it. I remember specifically that the new boy had long hair. And so that was very cool. He was 13, you know, so he was just a little younger than me. But I just remember thinking, oh, a potential new friend. And, And then I remember hearing, oh, this boy went missing. And that's all that you know anybody knew well the whole story as it's come out and it's not my story to tell in any way shape or form I just want to say that first it's Thad's story 100% and he has told it freely and openly repeatedly and he's actually tagged on Facebook every time it comes up on one of those little advertisements and he takes it I can't believe how graceful he is about it and he takes it in stride and he does not mind talking about this trauma so that's the only reason I feel okay about telling his story by the way I just wanted to say that like yeah for sure he seems really like he's doing well because this is a survival story and it's also not so what happened was is Thad was new to town um, he was about 12 or 13 years old I believe and uh, they had just been there for a couple weeks just getting to know everything he fell asleep on the couch one night and he woke up to the feeling of being carried and he had just had assumed it was his dad because a lot of he was a small guy that's kind of important he just hadn't hit his growth spurt yet mm-hmm. the seventh eighth graders in that age he didn't know he was being abducted he was being carried outside of his home and he was sleepy and he just thought it was like one of his dad's friends or something he said i need help with my car be quiet you know and he was just like okay like he didn't have any reason to think he was in danger Hmm. and he went to try to help him with his car but there wasn't like a car or any issues and so like pretty soon he was like he had gotten to a house and this guy takes him upstairs and he said hey you know my name's joe i'm your neighbor and joe was 17 at the time like a little older and started talking to him about like trucks and the demo derby and like stuff like that and Thad was just like, okay, well, whatever. And Joe was like, well, I'm having a party. So I have a bunch of people coming over. I just figured you'd like need a way out of your house and you'd want to come party. You're new to town. I've seen you. And Thad was just sure, you know, like, why wouldn't you at that age at that 12 or 13 years old when you don't know anybody and there's fun stuff to do. So pretty soon it was evident that there wasn't a party. And at some point while they were talking about cars or whatever, Joe basically attacked him. He flipped Thad down on the bed face down and pulled his leg backwards until it broke. (gasps) Oh my God. And he repeated this kind of torture. I don't want to go into like every specific detail because I know like he would like twist his leg around all the way. And I remember Thad describing it like 
it looked like if you took a rubber band and twist it. And he said that my, you know, I remember him saying my foot was on backwards. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, that poor guy. That poor guy. And then Joe was like, hey, we're going to let's go down and watch TV. And he just would act like everything was normal. So he'd kind of have these like mood swings back and forth. So after the first like leg break, he took him downstairs to watch TV and at some point broke his femur on the couch while they're watching a movie doing the same thing. So, I mean, he's pretty like his right leg is just like completely fucked. He's just completely in so much pain. But he was like 12 trying not to show or he didn't cry. He said said he never cried the whole time. And, And, you know, he just Joe just brought him down to the living room, like where his family could be and watch movies. That's what my friends and I have always talked about. That's like left out of because I've seen this. It was on Cold Case Files. Mm -hmm. It's been on a couple. It was on uh, Small Town Murder did covered it. And what's left out of that is the conversation about Joe's parents is that where were they? They were there. His mom was home the whole time. So, oh, my God. They just missed a kid with broken legs in their house? Exactly. Well, and I will say, like, their house, we always called it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house because of the way that the yard looks and everything. And I could probably send you a Google Earth, and it's probably still like that. Mm. I would imagine that their family still owns it. But so... He described two days of torture, basically, um, two full days of torture where Joe would run and jump. And now Joe was a big guy, like I'd say 250. And this is like a tiny little four foot 11, you know, skinny little kid who doesn't know anybody. Um, two days of torture, re-breaking his legs, throwing him down the stairs, and then just snapping back and wanting to watch movies with him. Well, the first night, so he'd been there for like a t- solid 24 hours, Joe was left to you know, go to a party or something. And Thad thought like, this is my fucking chance, you know, like this is my chance. There's clearly a phone here. And so he threw himself down the stairs in which he passed out at the bottom of the stairs because of the pain. I remember him saying like he passed out several times trying to like crawl through the living room and Joe walked in like, <gasps> God, and was like so shocked. Like you got out. Oh, well, I guess what? I'm going to have to tie you up or something now. So he drags him back upstairs, oh, breaks God. his other leg. So he's definitely, oh like Jesus horrible fuck. horrible torture one thing that he pointed out was that after he would harm his something would piss him off so he would take it out on Thad he would put a clean white pair of socks on him and Thad said he had hundreds of these clean white pairs of socks throughout this whole two days of just horrible torture Joe would like it's important that he, you know that he snaps back into normalcy because he would then tell him about things like this list he had this list with like 18 local boys names on it and that would say for now for later and the leg thing and so these are like was basically like his plans well on this list there was a local boy named chris steiner chris steiner drowned a year before this is something that thad didn't forget about because he was basically like taking in everything he described trying to remember everything and take in everything and to give as much information because he was like determined i remember him also saying it was his god what a little badass yeah it was his brother's birthday and so he was like i'm not missing my brother's birthday not the next night so this is at the tail end of the abduction joe leaves again for a party and you know because he got out the night before he's like well i'm putting him in a closet this time joe leaves and thad is able he's feeling around the closet he's locked in this closet from the outside and he finds a guitar And he takes the guitar and smashes his way out of the closet. Again, throws himself down the stairs and again passes out at the bottom of the stairs. And this time he makes it to the phone. And he was so grateful that the phone handset had the 
the numbers on it because if it hadn't he wouldn't have been able to dial if it was any other style of phone he wouldn't have been able to reach it and he dialed 911 and they immediately knew where he was when he said his name is Joe and I'm out in the country and they knew exactly where he was and they came to him and he remembers that saying like the look on their faces the police officers faces was just of shock he said that his legs didn't even look human at this <gasps> point they just looked like yellow blobs and you know later was told like he wouldn't have had very much more time because he was bleeding internally right holy shit as the police were interviewing him dad told him about the list he said that that guy's got a list of 18 boys and he told me about this this other boy this chris steiner and the police were like oh really so what happened is is everybody knew that something horrible had happened to chris steiner and nobody could really fathom that the coroner had ruled it a drowning chris steiner about a year earlier was abducted from his bedroom in the middle of the night. The only evidence available was that his screen was slit and he was just gone, like completely gone. And his body washed up in the river several days later. They never bothered to check for broken leg bones. Mm. And so basically they court ordered to exhume him and they did an autopsy. A re- well, they re-examined his legs and discovered that he had the same kind of breaks. Oh my God. So it was the conclusion that he was actually, because he actually did drown, that he was thrown into the river with broken legs and just watched to drown. So Joe Clark got, he got a life sentence for Chris Steiner and then he got a hundred years for the torture of Thad Phillips. So that's, he's in prison and he is in Dodge County as far as I know. He's actually that same prison as that piece of shit Chris Watts, the one that uh, drowned his children in the oil well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That's right. Mm -hmm. I avoid all of those kind of stories. Yeah. I wonder what happened to him. Right. And I also wonder, I still wonder about why was his mom, how was his mom not charged in all of this? I mean, yeah. it was, it was a big deal. I had friends that te- had to go back and testify. If you watch the cold case files episode, my friend Crystal's on that. God, that's so fucked up. I can't oh. believe that shit is really, so what's. Yeah, it's wild. And I apologize if I got any of the details wrong, but I think I've seen Thad's I survived enough times. It's like season five, if you're interested. Um, yeah. that, and he all, he's done several interviews and if you just google thad phillips too like he's he's been pretty open about his experience and i apologize to him if i got anything wrong and it seems like from all i can tell i ask my friends that still live there he's got a beautiful family and he seems to be doing well oh my god i just googled it and there's pictures of shit of his legs oh yeah oh yeah be careful don't google it i'm like overwhelmed and i feel kind of sick after hearing all that (laughs) i'm sorry yeah it's a real lot It, it really is it's abby's just like she's got a fucked up clown story and I'm like cool because she's fine and you're like also I know a boy who was tortured for two straight days from a psychopath yeah. who also murdered someone and intended on murdering him that is fucking insane I wonder if he would if he would have tried to throw him in the river after he was done with him like he did to that boy when the police actually when um, the police came to get Joe that night he was at a party they knew where he was he was like oh he's not dead yet I just assumed he'd be dead so <gasps> he kind of just left him and again where was mom you know, and if it's not entirely impossible that mom's a person that never left her bedroom mm. at some, you know, juncture, maybe mom was there, but also wasn't there. Wow. Well, holy shit. Thanks. Thanks <laughs> I don't know how to end this. <laughs> but no, you did. Yeah, you tell a great story um, that will haunt my attempt at sleeping tonight. So thanks. I'm sorry. It's going to haunt the back of Tasha's oh eyelids God. for the rest of her oh, life. Oh, yeah. Any story I hear, I assign somehow to my life. Yep. 
Yeah. And I'm like, even though it's highly unlikely that any of that shit would happen. See, I can't even say it out loud. Never mind. Yep. Quit. Yeah. Well, thanks anyway. Yeah. For ruining <laughs> my day. I hope you can sleep. Oh, no, not thanks. <laughs> no. <laughs> thanks for um coming on. Yeah, yeah. thanks for oh, having me, guys. Shit. Really. It was fun. Yeah. So. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. This is such a bad angle. I'm giving you guys my whole double chin. The here. whole time we're talking, I'm like I'm like, just can Bro. can I just push this into <laughs> my net? <laughs> like, I'm cold, but I'm not that cold. <laughs> you know? That was a really hard story for me to hear. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Yeah, like bone breaking things and like torture type stuff. That stuff is like any of that. Yeah, that's like stuff I can't have a hard time with. I think that's going to be our only intermish because we're going to come back earlier than we anticipated. Yeah, we were going to push it a little past the new year, but we are kind of fucking ready to go with season two. I am. I'm pumped. All right. So with that, we're going to take off here. Follow us on all social media at SVU pod. Check out our website at svupod.com and email us at svupod at gmail.com. Yeah. If you or anyone you know has a little baby podcast that's not backed by a network or anything and is just trying to get out there or you want to find some content of stuff that's probably hard to find because I don't have moolah, go on hashtag little bit loud. <laughs> is that right? You did, but I just wish that your face could be a hologram that came out with this podcast because... <laughs> You just looked like you were like trying to give information, but at the same time getting your mugshot taken. <laughs> well, I was trying to give information, but at the same time didn't know the information. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag little bit loud. Search it if you want to find small podcasts with unique content. And if you are a small podcast, just throw that hashtag on your shit. Okay, that's it. All right. Thanks uh, again, Kimbra. Thanks, Kimbra. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i can't believe we talked all that ghost shit which i took out but we talked all that ghost shit and i never made a baraboo joke oh god <laughs> how did i miss that one too i don't know it's what too a couple easy. of fucking losers <laughs> all right love you bye love you bye <laughs> don't don't sympathy laugh that was i was really <laughs> reaching for that one <laughs>